This is the Out of Character Podcast. Introducing your host, Brian Colbert. Welcome, world, welcome to another episode of the Out of Character Podcast. Episode 22 of the Out of Character Podcast. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you're listening. And if you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. If you are a first-time listener, thank you for being here. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Ladies and gentlemen, 22 episodes. 22 episodes, and we're just going to keep this thing rolling. We got a lot of stuff planned for y'all today, man. We got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to get into. So I'm going to get right into it. And if y'all have been listening to the past few episodes, you have noticed I have become to like talking about my son to start the episode. I feel like it just gets the momentum going. It's what the people want. So, ladies and gentlemen, I have another story about my little man. Now, if you are a first-time listener, my son is five years old, the fresh, honest, young, innocent age of five. But, ladies and gentlemen, he is becoming a man. I say he is becoming a man, and I say it very proudly, because my son is into girls, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, my son likes girls and i do not say that to say if he didn't like girls there would be an issue but we understand that that is a whole nother battle and a whole nother struggle and him liking women is something i can understand and i can i can deal with and i can help guide him through because i have i don't want to say a lot i don't want to say a lot of experience because that sounds wrong but i do have experience with women right so of course As a dad, you can't wait to have those talks with your son, right? You can't wait to have those conversations about dating, about women. Now, I'll I'll be honest. I wasn't expecting to have conversations about young women with my son at the tender age of five. Let me tell you, I, I don't know when I started having a conversation with my dad, but I don't think it was that early. But here we are, people. Here we are. Let me tell you guys what happened. So... My little man, we FaceTime every night. I put him to bed. We talk about the day. You know, we just recap how things go, right? And my son, he's just the angel, man. He's so innocent. He's so sweet. And he's honestly one of the most honest individuals I have ever met. He will tell you he had a bad day at school without you even asking. And he'll tell you exactly what happened. And to me, that's very impressive because I was the kid that was trying to hide everything from my parents. Even things that weren't even that big of a deal, I was always scared. So I'm like, I'm just going to hide this somewhere. I'm never going to be honest with my parents because I know they're going to come down on me hard, right? My son, he isn't like that because he knows that we give him a chance to communicate openly, to talk to us and be very honest with us. So he's, he's very, very honest. So we're talking about school and somehow, some way we're talking about his homeboys, right? And he always mentions how these girls always are, are messing with his him and his friends you know like most girls do they develop a little early and they decide to you know kind of pick on or bully boys that they think are cute right and so he was telling me about that and he's like yeah i don't know why girls always want to hit you or talk trash and bother you and i said you know what sometimes you know that's their way of saying they think you look cute and he's like yeah dad you know i think that's what it is because dad i have two girlfriends excuse me you have what I have two girlfriends, dad. Yeah, her name's such and such and such and such. I'm not going to say their names because, you know what I'm saying, they have parents as well. And these are just, like I said, these are five-year-old kids. But I feel like the story is, is very important. So he says, yeah, dad, I have, I have two girlfriends. And I said, oh, okay. Because, you know, when you have these initials, this is the first time me and my son really have gotten into this kind of conversation. And you want to have these conversations very, very delicately. I don't want to rush and say anything because I want to handle this well because I want him to know it is okay to be interested in women it is okay 
to be interested in multiple women at that age. Sometimes it happens. You don't know what you're feeling. He's a young boy. So he says that, and I pause for him, and I said, okay, so what are their names? And he tells me, and he tells me about them, and he says, Dad, you know, actually, they're not my girlfriends, but I do have a crush on them. I said, oh, so they're not your girlfriends? He said, yeah, you know, because I like both of them, and I can't decide between the two, is what my young five-year-old son said. He said, Dad, I like both of them. I like both of them equally. And I can't choose between the two, so I just keep it as a crush. And I said, oh, son, wow. Well, that's very mature of you. That's very mature of you, because some men, three, four times your age, wouldn't have that courtesy for the two young ladies. But my son, at an early age, knows, or at least felt, that maybe there was something wrong with him being interested in two women at once. But what I did tell him, because I didn't want to be irresponsible, is what I said, son, you know, there's nothing wrong with you being interested in multiple young ladies while you're young. But as you get older, you'll realize that, you know, you just want to focus your attention on one lady. Make her your special queen. And he said, Dad, just one? And I said, yeah, just one. And his brain, his five-year-old brain, like I said, my son is, is extremely smart. He's very, very intelligent. And his brain's just moving. He's looking at me because he'll take a minute. You know, he'll sit and look at you for a second and analyze what you said. He's, he's really digesting what I'm telling him that, you know, son, a gentleman has just one woman. A gentleman is faithful. A gentleman has just one lady in his life. He doesn't split his time up between multiple women. And he's really trying to understand what I'm trying to say. And he looks at me and he says, Dad, why can't I have two girlfriends? Why not? And sometimes when your kids ask you questions, you know, you want to tell them the the frilly, rainbow, nice, kind, innocent answer, right? To just keep their innocence because they're so young. But one thing I've promised myself and I've promised my son is that I will never lie to him. It is not his fault that he is so intelligent. It is not his fault that he has these questions. The least I can do is be as honest as possible with him without being vulgar or without ruining that innocence. So ladies and gentlemen, he asked me that and I had to take a minute. I had to take a minute and digest this question. Because I wanted to give him a good answer. I wanted to tell him why it was not okay for him to have multiple women in his life. But ladies and gentlemen, I have to be honest. I did not have an answer. I did not have an answer on why my young king could not be interested in multiple women. Because I didn't want to just tell him, oh, because society says so. Oh, because it's the gentleman thing to do. He's only five years old. He has so many more women to be interested in in his life. So why would I tell him that there's something wrong with him having a crush on two girls when really there's nothing wrong with it? There's nothing wrong with it at all. I had, I couldn't lie to him. And if I told him that, oh, it's because it's what you're supposed to do. Honestly, I don't know if that's what you're supposed to do, but it's what we have grown up learning is supposed to happen. Now, I did not go on to tell him that cheating or being with multiple women was okay. But I did explain to him that, son, I do not have a good answer for you. Because, see, he looks for the good answers. You can't just say just cause to him. He wants to know why. Because he's a very logical young man. He needs to break all the information down so you can't leave anything out. So I was very honest with him. I said, son, I do not have a good answer for you. But what I can tell you. And sometimes as a man, you have to do things that you do not want to do. 
you have to do things to please people because it's the right thing to do. Now, you don't have to like it. But son, sometimes these things that are expected of a man, you have to do, son. You have to. For instance, you are not allowed to talk to women just any kind of way. As a man, you have to be a gentleman. And this is me talking to my child, letting him know that, you know, there are certain things that we have to do as men. And he said, Dad, we can't talk trash to girls. I said, no, son. In his mind, talking trash is, well, I'm not really completely sure what it is, but he knew the phrase talking trash. And he said, we can't talk trash to girls. And I said, no, son. You know, as a gentleman, as a man, you can't do that. And he said, Dad, you're right. But you know, women can talk trash as much as they want, and we can't do anything about it. And once again, I sat back for a second before responding because I realized that, wow, my five-year-old child is already learning the imbalances of gender roles in our society. And I have to sit and explain to my little man that even though I can't really make sense of it, he has to abide by these specific rules. We talked about it, people. We talked about these little things, these social cues and these unwritten rules that just don't make any sense. And it's funny to get on the podcast and laugh about it and joke about it. But now, ladies and gentlemen, it is directly affecting my child. And I didn't know what to do. Normally, I have the answer. I feel like I'm very, very quick on my feet because he asks a lot of questions. He's very inquisitive. But he stumped me, ladies and gentlemen, because he is asking questions that men have asked for generations. For generations. At the tender age of five, he wants to know why women can say and do whatever they want and we can't do nothing about it. And why he can't have a crush on two girls at the same time and it be okay. Ladies and gentlemen, my son, my young king. And let me tell you guys, I tell you this story. I tell you all this because I just wanted to let y'all know how proud I was of my little man for being so aware. The tip off the whole block, I would say. Apple don't fall too far from the tree. Because right away, my son is questioning things that do not make sense. And I hope, son, when you're listening... I hope you continue to do that. Continue to question the things that do not make sense. Just because people tell you you got to do it doesn't necessarily mean you always got to do it. Or if you do got to do it, you don't necessarily got to like it. And I tell him that all the time. Son, you don't got to like it, but sometimes you got to do it. And I think that reigns true all the time. I don't think you have to pretend to like things as long as you don't be disrespectful. As long as you're not rude. You don't have to like anything. You don't not have to like the rules that society has put on you, son. And he gets it already. He gets it already. He's already questioning things, ladies and gentlemen. And I just had to share that story with you guys because I am so proud of my little man. And son, one day we may have the answer to those questions. One day we might really know why you cannot be interested in multiple women. One day we might know why women can say anything they want to us, but we can't say anything. I don't have those answers now, but maybe one day we will. And ladies, if you listen, men, if you're listening, let us know. Let me know. Holla at me. Because maybe, you know, sometimes I'm skewed. Sometimes I don't know. Maybe y'all have an answer that I should have gave to my son. Maybe y'all have an answer that y'all can give me now that'll help me when my son asks this question again. Because y'all know how kids are. They ask the same question a hundred times. So I'm sure this conversation is more to come. And I will update you guys if, you know, this conversation goes any further because he's getting older, people. He's getting older. He's becoming a young man. And let me tell y'all. Ooh, he's handsome. 
Ooh, he looked like his daddy. Let me tell you, he looked like his daddy. That's a good looking young man. So I'm sure we're going to have plenty more talks about young ladies. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 22. Episode 22 of your favorite podcast, my favorite podcast, the Out of Character Podcast. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you listen. And if you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. We appreciate you for being here. And we appreciate you for being on this journey with us, people. We got a lot more to get into, but you know, I gotta kind of somber the mood a little bit, but I'm really trying to just celebrate an icon to me. And that is Kobe Bean Bryant. Ladies and gentlemen, Kobe Bean Bryant will be inducted into the NBA Hall of Fame by the time this airs. And I just had to shout my guy out, man. We all know what happened, which feels like yesterday, but I feel it was maybe two years ago, a little over a year ago, you know, we lost Kobe Bryant. And I don't, I didn't have the podcast at the time. I didn't really have an outlet to speak about Kobe and like what he meant to me. It's crazy, you know, when people are celebrities, you don't know them. But you feel like you know them. When you grow up watching and studying every single thing they've done, you feel like you know this person. You feel a connection to them. And for me, that's how I felt about Kobe Bryant. No, I never really thought I was going to be an NBA star for that matter. But what I did know at a very young age is that I wanted to be great. Is that I wanted to be the best at whatever God set out for me to do. I knew that at a very, very young age that I wanted to achieve greatness. And a lot of that was sparked by Kobe Bryant. I believe Kobe got to the Lakers in 96. So at that point, I was four years old. And when I tell you, I remember Kobe's first basketball game. Not only do I remember Kobe's first basketball game, I remember when he got traded to the Lakers. Because my dad would always be watching sports. My dad was choosing the sports. He was always watching sports. And like most young men, I was always up under my dad. So I'm trying to watch whatever he's watching. And I just remember seeing this guy, Kobe Bryant. And even though... Kobe Bryant and Brian Colbert don't sound alike at all. I truly believe that the name, like the Bryant and Brian thing, it drew me in. That's all a four-year-old kid needed. Because let's be honest, I didn't really know much about sports. I was born a Laker fan because my mom was a Laker fan. We moved to Cali when I was very young. Literally, my whole family is like Laker fans. So I was a Laker fan before Kobe got in. Like I also remember Nick Van Exel, Eddie Jones, Eldon Campbell. Brooks, all these guys playing for the Lakers even before Kobe and Shaq had got there. So I was always a Lakers fan, but there was just something about this Kobe Bryant cat. Something about this kid coming out of high school that wasn't even able to sign his own contract his parents had to. And maybe it was my mom and dad. Maybe they knew of his greatness and told me about it. I'm not 100% sure, but in my mind, I'm pretty sure I became a big Kobe fan because of the name, right? And it was, I was such a big fan, actually. It's funny we talk about the name. I was such a big fan of Kobe that people actually thought my name was Bryant and not Brian. Now, I always introduced myself as Brian, but maybe I talked too fast or I stuttered or whatever. But people would tell me, like, oh, my gosh, I thought your name was Bryant because I was always wearing my Kobe jersey. I was always talking about Kobe, 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 Kobe. I was obsessed my whole life. To the point where when I got of age to really have access to watching NBA games, I never missed a game. I went to games. I went to Staples. I saw his last game in the Garden. Because to me, Kobe was somebody that made me believe I could be great. Made me believe that I could aim higher than just being successful or being good. That there was a difference between being good and being great. He taught me that you can leave a legacy behind. 
you can make your name mean something. And that's what I've aspired to do my whole life. And yes, I have great hardworking men in my family that have and do inspire me. I have a great father who is my number one inspiration, who literally I'm I am I am his twin, just like my son's my twin. My grandfather, my mom's dad, amazing, amazing explanation of working hard, getting it from the mud. Another inspiration to me. Family members, right? But we all know you always have that hero that is not your family, that famous person, that star. And to me, that was Kobe Bryant. I listened to every interview. I had every poster. I have rookie cards that now are worth thousands and thousands of dollars and I'll never, ever think about selling them. Kobe was a lifestyle for me. And everybody that knows me knows it. So when we lost Kobe, of course, like everybody, I had a really, really hard time with it. To the point where I didn't talk to people. I didn't go into work. Um, I just didn't want to be because at the time I was working at ESPN. And of course, like when something like that happens, you hear about it. and It's everywhere you go. So I knew if I was at work, I was going to have a really, really hard time with it. Man, I called off of work the night of his last game because I didn't want people around me to see me like crying because it was so sad watching Superman to me lead the NBA and play his last game as historic as that game was so I wanted to bring up Kobe and just shout him out shout out his family his beautiful wife his daughters shout out Gigi the other members of that helicopter crash that passed away to the families that are missing them mourning them to their friends to people like me that were just fans but felt so close to Kobe and even Gigi Shout out to all you guys. And yeah, man, it's just so cool. I, I wish I wish Kobe was here to see it. I wish Kobe was here to get his flowers. I wish Kobe was here to give a hilarious speech and make a joke about how he has more rings than Shaq. I wish we could see Gigi smile and clap and cheer for him with her sisters and her mother. You know, those are things you wish could happen, but we know that's impossible. So we have to celebrate the moment that is. Michael Jordan will be accepting the award on behalf of Kobe. And I'm sure we'll talk and say some great things. I can't wait for that because his memorial speech was was heavy. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to shout out Kobe. I didn't want to get too sad or too, you know, gray on you all with this episode. But I just had to shout out my hero, Max. I didn't get a chance to talk about him or say how much he meant to me. And I could talk about him for hours and hours, but I won't. But just shout out Kobe Bryant. Shout out to a legend. And, you know, I, I, I'm i saying it now on wax, on, on airwaves, man. I hope to achieve the level of greatness in my field that Kobe Bean Bryant achieved. That's always been the goal. And I'm going to keep working at it, man. And that was one thing that I definitely got from, you know, after Kobe passed. It was just how important it is to go after your dreams, keep trying, and keep hustling, man. And that's what he was all about, man. That Mamba mentality. You see it behind me when you're watching. Uh, shout out Kobe Bean Bryant. Um, ladies and gentlemen, episode 22, episode 22 of the Out of Character Podcast. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you listen. If you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. Now, talking about legends, people that inspire me. I have a heavy heart today, guys. I have a heavy heart. Not just because we're thinking about Kobe Bryant, but because my favorite podcast has come to an end. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Joe Budden Podcast. 
at least from what we know it as with Rory and Maul as co-hosts, is over. Now, for those of you listening, you're probably like, what the heck is a Joe Budden? What is his podcast? The Joe Budden podcast is the first ever podcast I have ever touched. I am, I'll be honest with y'all, completely honest. As somebody that podcasts, I am not interested in podcasts. I am not interested in hearing people's voices, but I am a visual person. So the Joe Budden podcast has had a YouTube, I don't know how long, but I think it's had it since its whole existence. So it's actually a podcast you can watch. And a lot of times, especially like with what I was doing at ESPN, I'm sitting on a computer, I'm clipping, I'm cutting. And so nine times out of 10, if I was listening to music, I had the Joe Budden podcast on and I was watching it and listening to my guys, Joe Budden, Rory Amal. I do not know them personally, but when you watch a podcast for so long, it has like 400 episodes, you feel like you know these people. So I don't want to get into why... The episodes aren't coming anymore. Why Rory and Maul won't be there anymore. Why Joe Budden will be moving on without them because that's none of my business. Uh, just like talking about relationships and people cheating and getting divorced and breaking up. I do not feel it's good karma to talk about personal relationships, especially when they're in distress, especially when maybe things are going on that wouldn't normally go on between close friends and family. I feel like that's none of my business and I don't want to talk about that. But what I do want to talk about and at the same time, while talking about it, give flowers to a podcast that just really inspired me. And it inspired me because from me being on the outside looking at it, I think I came in in like high 200 episodes. So I had missed a lot of the beginning of it. I wasn't really a Joe Budden music fan. I had a couple tracks. Pump It Up was dope. Um, but I wasn't really into Joe Budden like that. But I had a homeboy at work that just constantly was talking about it. Yo, you got to tap in. You got to tap in. These dudes are hilarious. And the first episode I tapped into, he was 100% right. Now, let me tell you, these are two and a half, three hour episodes. And for somebody that has aggressive ADHD, I do not pay attention to things that long. But the Joe Budden podcast, y'all kept my attention. Y'all's dynamic, y'all's friendship to me was just so inspirational because for me, at least as a creator, that's the goal that's the goal to make dope stuff with your homies and in my mind i don't know what their like past is but in my mind i'm looking at three people that have been friends for a very long time that's how good the chemistry was so in my mind i thought yo, these dudes probably known each other since they was in grade school and like i said that's inspirational to me because i want to make content with my homies i mean even look at the podcast y'all see i have all kind of different friends that i know have expertise that i know have things to say i let them come on and do their thing i don't give them much guidance i don't tell them what to talk about none of that stuff i let them do their thing because there's nothing cooler to me than having a platform where you and your friends can share something have fun and you don't always think that that's possible right you don't always think it's possible because what they always say don't do business with your friends don't do business with your family that that's never gonna work out it doesn't work out that's not good to do and it all it's kind of discouraging for somebody like me who like i said really wants to do everything with his friends because who else can you trust if not your friends and your family right and if anything me outside of my immediate family i trust my friends way more then I trust most of my family members because they really know me because they're around me all the time because they've been through things with me, struggles, hardships, good times. We have memories. There's just something when you have friends, right? So you want to do dope things with them. So I would look at the Joe Bunnick podcast and say, oh man, he did it. They're doing it. This is a successful show. This is dope. This is funny. They're doing this for 400 plus episodes. This works. I can do this. 
I can have my friends on the podcast too. And I think I told you guys episode one, for those of y'all that have been with us since episode one, shout out to you guys, that it was important to me to do this podcast. I'll, I'll say solo, not alone, because there's a ton of people that take part in the show, that have their hands in it, that produce it, that come on, jump on. Y'all see them, y'all hear them all the time. But it was important for me to start it off as like a solo host and do it myself because I have tried working with friends, working with close associates, even doing things with family. And it hasn't worked out. Not because anything necessarily negative happened, but a lot of times when you have something that you own, right? When you have something that you have built and put all of your time and effort into, and then you bring other people along because it's kind of getting a little bigger, because it's becoming something and because it's fun, you expect them to be as invested in it as you. But that doesn't make any sense. They're not going to be as invested as you because they weren't there from the ground up. They weren't there when you were spending countless nights trying to cook up how this was going to work, how you were going to make this content, how you were going to do anything, whether that's you started your own business selling clothes or you opened up a restaurant. Your employees aren't going to care as much about that restaurant as you do. And that's the same with creating content, with creating the show. A lot of times, and me, I'll, I'll say it right now, I'm a nut. Like I said, I believe in that mob mentality where I, when I'm dedicated to something, I am going in on it. it it's taking all of my focus. I am going to do whatever I can to build that up and do as great of a job as I can. And that's how I feel about the podcast. That's how I feel about everything without a character. So I understood coming in that I could not expect the homies to record every week. To be there when it's time to edit, to sit and cook up ideas because people have their own lives. People have their own content. People have their own things that they're working on. And it has nothing to do with being in front of a camera or a microphone. And I understand that. But I did believe that much like Joe Budden, I could build something up like this podcast that was big enough to where I can really not only have my friends be a part of it, but help them. Now, I don't know the ins and outs of what their relationship was, but it seemed as if Joe Budden gave these two gentlemen and they also earned it as well because they worked hard. Like I said, 400 episodes is a lot, but he used his platform to give his homeboys a chance to show how talented they are, to show how interesting they are and to also make some bread. And I would love to do that for my homies, too. But then when you see. The thing that like is telling you, oh yeah, this works. And yeah, there's other podcasts where like you have million dollars with a game, which I love, which is Gillian his cousin. You know, that's so dope to see that. You have I Am an Athlete podcast where it's a bunch of men that are just friends, but they seem to work and it works so well. You see that stuff and you're inspired. You're like, man, that looks so cool. Dang, man, that's what I want to do with my homies, man. That's what I want to do with my people. So let's come up together. Cause it feels good, right? Like LeBron James, you see what LeBron James did with his team, right? Everybody's eating, right? That's what you want to do. But then the main thing that you're seeing where you're like, yo, this works, falls apart. And it seems to have fallen apart to where maybe they might not even be friends again because of the business. I'm not going to front when I heard about it. And maybe because I was a little upset, like I said, this is my favorite podcast. And I don't know what's going to happen to it. I don't know what's going on. Immediately, I was like, man. 
That's why I'm not, I'm, man, I'm not doing nothing with the homies. I'm not doing nothing with family. I got to keep business separate. I have to keep business separate. And if you've noticed, I haven't really even had the normal flow of guests coming through. Not because anybody did anything wrong, but because doing stuff like this, making content over and over and over again, and not really receiving anything from it. Roy and Maul were making who knows how much, but it sounds like a substantial amount of money. My homies that are jumping on this podcast, they ain't making no money. They doing it because they want to do it. And I've also never asked anybody that's been on Out of Character, not a single person ever. No, no, you better ask somebody, not on the podcast, not on anything. I have never asked somebody to be on the show that has not offered to be on or at least mentioned supporting the show. So all of the homies that have been on, they do it because they want to do it. Now, if I don't text you every time I record to ask you if you want to do it, it has nothing to do with me not wanting you to be on the show. Because I've had a couple of the homies hit me up and ask me that. It has nothing to do with that. In my mind, I do not want to put the pressures and strains of business. Because, ladies and gentlemen, do not get this confused. In my mind, out of character to me, it's business. When these lights turn on, when this camera turns on, when we traveling and going to places and talking to people, best believe, you can ask Director Lex, it's business to me. I don't even do vacation. Director Lex, I don't do vacation, right? I don't do vacation. When I go on vacation, I bring my camera, I bring my microphone because it's time to work. That's the only way I feel comfortable doing stuff like that. So to me, this is business. But I do not want to put the strains and pressures of business on my homies. I don't want to hit y'all up every week and be like, hey, yo, y'all ready? You ready? You ready? And maybe you just, you're not ready. Maybe you haven't thought of content because you've been working, because you've been hustling, because life is happening. I'm the creator. Not them. Some of them, of course, actually are creators. So let me not say that. I'm not trying to disrespect nobody. But the people that are like regularly on, like I'm the creator, right? I'm the one that chose to do this as a lifestyle. And it's thankless. Let me tell y'all, it's thankless. You can make some content and it do nothing. You can make some content and it do great. But this is a thankless business. Like I said, my homies ain't getting paid. So I understand if y'all don't feel like doing this every week or every month or whatever. So I would never put the pressures of business on my homies and I choose not to and sometimes I think like I said it rubs people the wrong way maybe like maybe they take it personal that I'm not asking them to be on the show every week but I promise you if you're listening it's never ever personal but when I look at the Joe Budding podcast people that have been friends for years did 400 episodes and built something that in my opinion is one of a kind and it's the best of its kind also feel that that Joe Budden podcast changed podcasts forever and showed that this is a very profitable business if done right. Like I said, I want to give them their flowers too. This isn't about talking about the drama. It's not about none of that. But when I see all of that time, all of that effort, all of that business possibly destroy a friendship, I would never want that on me and my peoples. No, out of character is supposed to be fun. Making this content is supposed to be fun. I started this so that not only myself, but so all of us have an outlet to just do something that maybe other places aren't letting us do. My homies ain't into podcasting and all that, but they're like, dude, I feel like I got something to say. I got stories to tell. Let me jump on. So, of course, let's do this. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. 
but I will never put the pressures of business on my friends. I've never felt comfortable doing that. Sometimes when you're in businesses like content, because, you know, pushing your friends, that's publicity. You know, you're pubbing. You're saying, yo, yo, share this, do this, do this, do this, blah, blah, blah. I've never been like that. And sometimes I'm sure it hinders me. But I like, I like things to be genuine. I like things to be organic. So me hitting you up constantly to, yo, can you do the podcast? Yo, can you do the podcast? Yo, can you do the podcast? That's not organic. I'm going to feel like I'm forcing you. I don't want to force you to do anything. And my favorite podcast falling apart. It just confirmed that for me that I will try my best to just move like that. And like I said, it's nothing personal. It is nothing personal. I just never want anybody to feel pressured. And I never want any of my friendships and my relationships with people to be ruined over content. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I'm sitting here listening to the episode where Joe Budden is talking about, you know, what happened and, you know, people are saying this and that. Oh, he sounds crazy. Sounds blah, blah, blah. Nah, man. That sounds like a guy that is sad that he's losing his homies. So it sounds like to me. And, you know, as Virgos, we sensitive, man. We sensitive. Sound like a guy that was having a rough day. Sound like a guy that was sad because people that he felt like he's looked out for for a long time he might not be cool with them anymore those relationships might have died over something that it probably shouldn't have died over like i said who wants to lose friends over content i don't think anybody so i say all that to say it was definitely a lesson for me but i also say all that to say i wanted to give the joe Budden podcast love and his flowers because what an inspiration what a ride what a journey Y'all have done some amazing, dope things. And I know if you don't, if you have no familiarity with this podcast, you probably do not care about anything I'm talking about. But I want to talk about my favorite podcast. I want to show them love because just like Kobe Bryant, things can be gone like that. Things can be gone instantly. Things that we love, things that we care about. And at least they're here to possibly hear me give them love and tell them that all three of y'all Including Parks, including Savon, the other producer, Screen Man. Man, y'all did some dope stuff and y'all set the bar very, very high. Y'all set the bar very, very high. As a podcaster that's just starting out, I look at y'all and I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to get to my 400th episode. I can't wait to do something like that. And I hope my homeboys are with me. I hope Nice on the Streets is still going on. I hope the financial segment with Bev is still going on. Hope Ike on the Mic is still going on during all these things. Because hopefully by my 400th episode, we all got a little paper covered. Who knows, man? Who knows where I'll be at by the time we hit 400? But ladies and gentlemen, right now, we are at episode 22. Episode 22 of the Out of Character Podcast. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC, too, if you're listening. And if you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. We appreciate you for being here. If it's your first time here, welcome. I hope you've enjoyed so far. If you're a returning listener, welcome back and thank you. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for being here with us. We do not get to 22 episodes without y'all. Now, I started the episode talking about things that do not make sense in our society. Standards that are put on us by social media, by media in general. These type of standards just aren't realistic and just do not make sense. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you guys, because of social media, I feel that I learn 
new societal rules every day. A lot of times I feel like I'm learning new things because I spent a majority of my life living overseas. Yes, both of my parents were in the military and I spent, I was born in Turkey and I spent a substantial amount of my early youth to high school overseas in other countries not experiencing the things that my other American counterparts experienced. So I learned a lot of things, ladies and gentlemen. I learned a lot of things that were okay in England, that were okay in Japan, that are just not okay in America. And that leads me to our out of character moment of the week, ladies and gentlemen. It wasn't as much of a moment as it was a tweet. A tweet, ladies and gentlemen, that I felt I had to share with y'all because like I said, I learn new social cues. I learn new social standards constantly. And this one is one I've never heard of. This one seemed a little asinine to me. But like I said, what do I know? I'm technically a foreigner. The tweet reads, as a man, why are you having a birthday dinner? Now, I said that pretty calmly. But judging by this young lady's picture, she said it a lot more spicy, a lot more sassy. Like, as a man, why are you having a birthday dinner? As if, ladies and gentlemen, there is something wrong with a man celebrating his birthday by doing it with a group of friends and family at a dinner. Ladies and gentlemen, the comments, the reactions. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you the responses to this tweet by women was ridiculous. Because they co-signed. They co-signed this. They were saying, oh yeah, I better not catch my man having brunch and mimosas with his boys. As to say there was something feminine about having dinner to celebrate your birthday as a man. So, like I said, what do I know? Maybe I missed something when I was overseas. And honestly, I have not had a birthday dinner before. Just not something I was into. So, like I always do, I went to my fellas, I went to my group chats, and I sent them this tweet and I said, guys, is this a thing? Are we not allowed to have birthday dinners? And man, let me tell you guys, when I go to a group chat, it doesn't always make me proud. Sometimes the responses, they're troubling to say the least. But let me tell you guys, these kings came through today. They came through and they said, oh, hell no. Nah. F all that. I don't care what y'all talking about. I'm going to have the birthday brunch now. I'm going to have a birthday dinner this year, is what my homeboy said proudly, firmly. And then the other homeboys chimed in as well saying, man, what can we do? What? can we do and man was that not an excellent question yes it was an excellent question ladies and gentlemen because it seems as if especially brothers we can't do anything we can't do anything you're telling us that we can't have a birthday dinner is it because y'all don't want to pay for it is that what it is it's the only way that makes sense to me Y'all have this thing about picking up the bill. And y'all know it's tacky to not pick up the bill when it's somebody's birthday. So are y'all trying to feminize birthday dinners so y'all can get out of paying the bill? It makes me sick. But we're on to y'all, ladies. We're on to y'all and we know it ain't gonna work. Matter of fact, Kings, if you're listening, I implore you to have a birthday dinner this year. Matter of fact, have it every year 
and make your lady take you to the nicest of restaurants. I'm talking about valet, people. I'm talking about the worst. You had to make reservations. I'm talking about them type of restaurants that have four things on the menu and none of them have a price on it. Yes, I'm talking about going that fancy. Because she'd do it. She'd do it all just for a couple of pics on the gram, brothers. So if you're listening right now, I say take the power back and get y'all birthday dinner on. I can't wait to request a birthday dinner. I can't wait to sit around with my homeboys, drink liquor, eat great food, have apps, have dessert. All on my queen's dime. I can't wait, ladies and gentlemen. And ladies, if you're listening and your man's listening and your man decides to force upon you a birthday dinner. Don't be mad at me. Don't be mad at BC. Be mad at this young lady and her ignorant tweet. Because let me tell you, tweets like that are very triggering. Tweets like that, like I said earlier, make you question what can men do. And that leads me to another tweet that let me tell you guys bothered me. Because it was so troubling. Because it led me to ask the question again. What can we do ladies and gentlemen the tweet said something about being called a queen is cringe something about being addressed as queen makes her feel uncomfortable as if the man is trying to be disrespectful or derogatory queen ladies and gentlemen yes the word queen not like no, this queen. Ladies, you telling me we can't call y'all queens now? We can't call y'all queens? I understood not wanting to be called female, right? Because that happens with animals. We call animal female. I get that, okay? Cool. I get not wanting to be called girls because y'all are women. Y'all are grown. Y'all pay y'all bills. Y'all handle y'all business. But queen? Queen is a negative? We can't call y'all queens now. It just makes no sense to me. It makes no sense to me. What can we call you guys? Because I'm going to be honest with y'all. Y'all going to say, oh, call us by the name my mama gave me. We don't remember it. Surprise, surprise. We don't remember it. You know how many women's names we hear on a regular basis? Because I guarantee you the minute you said your name, we were thinking about something completely different. So queen, at least for me. That's my go-to because either I don't remember your name or I do not know how to pronounce your name correctly or I do, but I question the fact that I do. So I don't want to be disrespectful. So I'm just going to call you queen and I'll do it to my homeboys too. I forget your name sometimes. So I call you king. To me, that's the most uplifting thing I could call you. And I would not be surprised if this young lady that tweeted that goes around calling her friend bitch bitch because women love to do that but we can't call y'all queen we cannot address y'all as queens which y'all really are if y'all really want to break it down y'all black and brown young ladies y'all are queens because y'all come from queens y'all come from royalty do your googles now do your googles you come from the motherland you guys people and you know what she has the right to want to be called whatever she wants to be called let me say that let me say that but ladies come on come on 
everything can't be offensive. Everything can't bother you. Because if it does, maybe you should look at yourself and ask why everything has to be so negative. Because I promise you, no man is calling you queen to degrade you, to get in your drawers. I promise you, no man thinks that calling a woman queen is going to get him in her drawers. I promise you. I promise you we don't think it's that easy. So, just give us a break. Because we are constantly asking, what can we do as men? Even my son wants to know, what can I do? I can't have two girlfriends. I can't, quote unquote, talk trash to women, but they can talk trash to me. They can hit on me. I can't do anything. We all want to know, people. I wish I had answers for you. I wish I had answers. I wish I knew. But one thing I do know, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 22. Episode 22 of the Out of Character Podcast. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you listen. If you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, we at the end of the road. We are at the end of the episode. But guess what? I am not going to forget our sponsors this episode again. It's twice in a row. Twice in a row, Audible. Send me an email about that. Twice in a row now, I remembered. So don't be upset with me when I don't remember to do these things. Twice in a row, give me my credit. Ladies and gentlemen, Audible, our sponsors over to Audible. They are offering y'all a free month subscription to their premium service. And you know what's on their premium service, ladies and gentlemen? You guessed it, the Out of Character Podcast. Matter of fact, if you're listening on Spotify right now, if you're listening on Apple right now, you can pause it, close it, go to your Audible app, Put in this code, audibletrial.com slash T-H-E-O-O-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That's audibletrial.com slash the O-O-C podcast. Put that into your app. And ladies and gentlemen, you can listen to the Out of Character podcast for free for a whole month. You can pause it. You can download it. You can listen to it offline, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is that simple. All you have to do is go to the link, www.audibletrial.com slash T-H-E-O-O-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That's audibletrial.com slash the OOC podcast, ladies and gentlemen. And this is episode 22 of the Out of Character Podcast. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you're listening. And if you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. So ladies and gentlemen, before we go, I want to tell y'all, if you do not know, for those of y'all that are listening, I am back at ESPN. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the worldwide leader has taken me back after I left them so swiftly to go pursue my dreams. ESPN, the company I told y'all I didn't even want to leave from the jump, brought me back after having lost my job during this pandemic. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I did have two other jobs at the time when ESPN called me. And yes, I can proudly say ESPN called me. I was not crawling back, reaching out, none of that. They hit me up the minute they started hiring and asked, Joe, would you be willing to come back? And I said, yes, of course, under the right circumstances, you know, under the right role, I would consider it. And not even a month after that initial conversation, I was getting a phone call and it was welcoming me back to ESPN with a promotion, with a substantial amount of money more than what i was making before and like i said well open arms man and, and it felt good to be 
back at ESPN. It felt good that they called me and wanted me back because it showed that the work I had put in was not forgotten, that I am an asset, and it makes you feel worthy because I promise y'all, during the times when I was uh, applying to jobs, I had a lot of yeses, but I had a lot more no's. Let me tell you guys, I had a lot more no responses, a lot more interviews where I never heard anything back. And when that happens, because I had never been in a position where a lot of times when I'd interview for a job, I was so blessed I got the job. I, I don't I cannot think of a time where I interviewed for a job that I didn't get. And during the pandemic, there was a lot of not getting jobs and it was humbling and it was a learning experience. So when ESPN called, like I said, it was a boost of confidence. It felt good and it made me feel like, you know, my hard work mattered. But when I accepted ESPN, I mean, I've been there for almost two months now and I haven't even talked about it on the podcast. I didn't feel like making a big deal out of coming back. I did not feel like making a post saying I'm coming back. Um, thank you, ESPN, or it's been such a long road, blah, 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 blah. I did not feel like putting that out on social media. And that's because during this pandemic, I learned how valuable privacy is. I learned at how much a person can be affected by other people's energies, by other people's words, by other people's thoughts. Energy is so powerful. And what I've learned, and maybe it's the wrong thing, maybe I'm wrong, but what I've learned is that privacy protects my mental, protects my emotions, protects my feelings, quite frankly. Because in this world, we feel, especially with social media, Facebook, MySpace back in the day, you know, we, we want to post pictures, we want to post our highlights want to post the dope things that we are doing so that we can receive the love and praise that we feel like we deserve for accomplishing said thing whether that's having a child whether that's getting married whether that's just being in a relationship people constantly are looking for validation by posting things online and there's nothing wrong with it there's no judgment on this end because we all do it we've all done it. i've done it we all do it right it's human nature you want to feel love you want to feel happiness you want that energy of positivity to be sent to you through the airwaves you feel it when somebody likes your picture when somebody sends you a nice message or a nice text you feel good right that's an exchange of energy but what happens when you share good news and the person isn't excited with you you tell somebody something that makes you so happy and the response is not what you were expecting. What does that do to you? Does that not suck all of the air out of your balloon? Is that not the most inflating thing? When people just aren't really rooting for you like you think they are? It hurts. It sucks. And being in a position where, I'll be honest, I felt down and out. I felt like I, I didn't have what I used to have. I feel like I lost things. Or maybe that I never would accomplish what I set out to accomplish. When you're in those moments, you really see who's got your back. Who's looking out for you. But most importantly, who really wants you to be successful. And then you also see who was waiting on that downfall. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of quote-unquote friends, 
a lot of peers, a lot of ex-co-workers, even some family probably, was waiting on my downfall. Were waiting on it. I don't necessarily know if they were waiting on it, but they were expecting it or they were hoping for it. So when I was down and out, I felt energy change. I felt the way people talk to me change a little bit. I felt the way people interact with me, it shifted. Because maybe in their minds, they thought I wasn't bringing as much to the table anymore or that I don't have value because I don't have the XFL or ESPN, these big brands attached to my name, right? So with that understanding and feeling those things, I knew exactly who to reach out to and tell. And let me tell you guys, it was a very short amount of people. I could probably count it on my two hands who I shared this great news with. And because of that, my two months back at ESPN, I run into people, old friends, old acquaintances that immediately say, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? I have a particular friend that asked me that. And actually, this does not apply to him because I did. He was one of the first people, actually, I mentioned that I was thinking about going back to ESPN because I knew he was still there and I wanted to check his temperature on how things were going. I should have followed up with him and let him know I accepted the job, but I actually forgot. So with him, this wasn't the case. But when he asked me that, I just kind of shrugged and said, you know, I was quiet about it just because I didn't want to make a fuss. I'm here to work. Real simple, boom, didn't want to make a fuss. But what it really was, was I remember all of those people that switched up and acted different when I was down and out, that were in positions to look out for me, to reach out to me, to see if I was cool, because who knows if I'm good? I just bought a house. I could be struggling, bruh. I could have been homeless. Who knows, right? And that's fine. It's not anybody's responsibility to hit me up or reach out or look out for you, right? It's That's nobody's responsibility. You should not have that expectation on people. And I do not. But because I do not, I know that the things closest to me and precious to me, I got to keep tight and tucked. Because ladies and gentlemen, sometimes when you post that wedding photo, sometimes when you post that house, it causes animosity. It causes angst. And people might not respond to you with happiness and joy and excitement. And let me tell you guys, that happened quite a ton when I would people would see me at ESPN. It's like they saw a ghost. It's like they saw a ghost. The guy that was at ESPN shaking things up, doing things that had never been done, doing all this while still doing his own thing and being himself with the tattoos, with the dreads, coming in his sweatpants, chilling. This guy that just rubs me the wrong way because he lives life the way he wants to live it is back. And I can't do anything about it. And only is he back, he's in a higher position than I am. And I stayed. I can't, I, I can't imagine what that feels like. So, of course, I understand why I don't get as much excitement from the, my peers or people that I thought I was cool with. I get more of a how. Why? Oh. Because a lot of times as humans, we constantly wonder... Why did this person get this? Why did this person get this? But we do not think about all of the struggles, all of the closed doors, all of the sleepless nights, all of the tears shed that got that person to that point. And because we don't think of that, we don't realize how happy we should be for you. People didn't know what I was going through because I didn't talk about it. 
So why would I tell y'all the good news when y'all don't even know really how good of the news is? Because me being so excited and telling you good news and you not taking it the way I wanted you to take it, that could deflate me. That could take something from me. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to stop feeling as if we have to share everything with the world. Because it will cause depression. It will cause anxiety. Because nine times out of ten, those people following you and watching you, they do not want to see you win. They are watching to see the chaos. That's America, people. That is the world, people. That's why we turn on the news. That's why we love action movies. That's why we love horror movies. That's why we love reality TV. We all about the drama. We're all about the chaos. And don't think that your couple hundred, couple thousand followers, that a high percentage of them aren't waiting for the chaos, aren't waiting for those L's. I had people only reach out to me just to ask what I was doing. And then when I told them what I was doing, there was never a response. There was no help. It was just I want information so I know what you are doing because maybe it'll make me feel better about what I'm doing. Maybe me hearing that you're still not doing okay will make me just feel a little better because you're not reaching out to help. Let me tell you guys, when these people would ask these questions and grill me at what happened, what's next, blah, 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 there was never any, oh, well, I got this for you. Some of the homies did, and those were the ones I hit up right away before I even took the job at ESPN to let them know, yo, thank you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for doing what a lot of people could have done but didn't. Those people got that appreciation. But the people that I didn't think was sharing that joy with me, sharing that love, sharing that positivity with me, I kept it to myself. And there was nothing wrong with that, people. There is nothing wrong with being private in this world. We feel like we got to share everything. Let me tell y'all the closest things to me, I don't share much about at all. I have a podcast. I go on the street talking to people. I have multiple jobs where I'm working with people and writing things and creating things. But I've managed to keep my personal life. You cannot tell me things about myself. Most people have no idea what I got going on or what I'm working on until I show them. And a lot of times I don't. And there's nothing wrong with that, people. Find comfort in privacy. Because I promise you, that anxiety you feeling, that stress you feeling, it's probably not even from you. You probably got that from somebody else. So pay attention to who you're sharing your energy with. That's really the bow on all of this. That's really the moral of the story. It's be cautious who you share your energy with. And that's why it's okay to be private. That's why I didn't make a big deal about coming back to ESPN. I'm so happy to be back. I'm hyped, dude. I love it. Feels like I never left. Feels like home, honestly. But I feel so good about it. I'm so happy about it. I truly feel because I was able to keep it private. I told my loved ones. I told the people that saw me struggle the most. People that were there while I was struggling the most. And they were overjoyed because they knew what I had just been through. Notice those people. Recognize those people that is really there for you. And share your good stuff with them. Protect your energy, people. Protect your energy. It's so important. It's so vital in this world with so many negative things going on, people. If you don't listen to nothing else I said, protect your energy. Be private. Don't share everything because I promise you, my dad used to always tell me this. People always going to want to take the good things you have. 
Not because they're evil, not because they're mean, not because they're bad people, but because it's human nature. We're on this earth to survive. That's human nature is survival. And maybe your positives, maybe your blessing is that thing that is holding them back in their minds. So like I said, we're not telling this to judge nobody, but we recognize this to know that our energy is the most important thing on the planet. Your energy is the most important thing on the planet. People protect it. Keep your loved ones, keep the things precious to you, close to you, because you never know who's out there looking to take that from you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 22. Episode 22 of the Out of Character Podcast. I am honored to be your host. My name is Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you're listening. And if you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. Thank you for being here for episode 22. Next episode is the Jordan episode 23. Can you believe it? And that's all because of y'all, people. Thank y'all so much for being here with us. Fellas, if you're listening, request that birthday dinner. Ladies, if you're listening, it is okay to be called a queen. Stop being so sensitive. But I get it because I get it. But give us a break. I'm going to call you queen. And I meet it out of love and out of respect. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Character Podcast. And as always, God bless.